you're, what you're describing is the conscious bias of ostensibly white people you're talking about who don't know how to communicate with, lead, manage, or interact with black people across differences and inspire the kind of behavior that they're looking for. You've got to actually create a culture of intention and decide how you want people to feel and experience their day-to-day work life. But why not train the blacks how to act Rather you can't. That's it. What you're saying right now is illegal. I'm not talking about the company training them. Your job, once you switch your role, rather than putting that responsibility on the companies, why not train the blacks how to act at work? That is, that is an absurd notion. Welcome to the Father State. I am Destiny Peterson. A quick reminder, the uh, Father State is on Patreon. Click the little Patreon link in the description to support our work. And thank you in advance, folks. I absolutely appreciate it. I have with me Dr. Tiffany Jana, and she is the co-author of Subtle Acts of Exclusion. How to understand, identify, and stop microaggressions. Dr. Jana, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And so I want to understand this uh, idea of a um, exclusion, sort of acts of exclusion. So you're walking down the road one day and you thought, wow, I feel excluded. Let me write about it. I don't like this microaggression stuff. What is exclusion and what is microaggression? So we, so the, the microaggression is a, any act or word or deed behavior that makes someone feel like they are otherized, like they are being pushed to the outside, like they don't belong, like they're curiosity. And the purpose of the book in part was to rebrand the term microaggression to subtle act of exclusion. Microaggression has the word aggression built into it and it puts people on the defensive and there's really nothing micro about it. If it's you who's on the receiving end of it, it feels, it can feel enormous and it can feel, you know, very, very uh, insulting and belittling. So uh, the act might be subtle, but it is an act of exclusion that makes people feel like they don't belong. And whose fault is it if if a person is so weak they could be made to feel that way? It's not about it's not always a matter of fault because it is you know I I write mostly in the context of the workplace right so as an employer any given employer has a responsibility to ensure the safety psychological and physical of the people who work within the workplace so if every time I show up at a meeting as a, a female identified person people talk over me. They disrespect my, the comments that I make. They assume that I'm going to take the notes because, you know, I was assigned female at birth. They're constantly marginalizing me and putting me in a place that is less than their own status as men, for instance. So in the context of a workplace, these microaggressions or subtle acts of exclusion can have real world consequences and prevent people from being, uh, from being promoted and from having opportunities to really excel in their careers. Amazing. And so let's say men and women are in a meeting and we all know that men are stronger than women. Women are going to feel insecure anyway. How should the man deal with that insecure woman? 
I will not agree with you and say that we we know that men are stronger than uh, than women. Uh, my 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 three ex husbands would uh, would be est- uh, evidence to the contrary. Uh, so I can tell you that society at large might share that narrative and promote that narrative. How so? What happens is you do get that uh, gender minorities, women, non-binary people might uh, inadvertently or intentionally play into a narrative that places us in that position. So um, that would be my, my first challenge. But what we do is we, first of all, we look at, at bias, not only at the individual level, but we look at it at the, um, at the institutional level. So we wanna make sure that our companies don't have systems, structures, and processes in place that support that kind of gender bias or any other kind of bias. So we have to check our leaders, we have to check our hiring managers and make sure that the first thing that they're privileging is someone's qualification to do the job. And they're being assigned tasks based on their ability to do the task at hand and it makes sure that it has nothing to do with their gender or gender assignment. If I hire someone that took or acted that way, I can't babysit them, I'll just let them go. Because these are adults we are talking about, and when I hire someone, I'm not going to be their mama. I'm not going to, you know, I want, of course, I want respect in the business. I want order. But you can't really, you can't babysit a weak person. So you had three husbands? I did. And did you destroy them? I did not destroy them. I gave them, I I left them better than I found them. Were they weak? They could not handle the strength that was me. We were not compatible in that way. In their mind, they might might have assumed that women were uh, were submissive or were weaker. (laughs) And that is certainly not the case with me. What was strong? What is it about you they could not handle? Um, I mean, I th- it was it was different in each case, but I would say that as people evolve, like you might find somebody in one place. For me, one of the definitions of love is to embrace someone with so much grace and compassion that you're w- that you want to grow along with them, alongside them, but you allow them the freedom to grow into the person who they are meant to be you know, higher power, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, put me here on a mission to help heal and liberate hearts and minds all over the world. And so my light cannot be hidden under a bushel and shown only on one person who wants to keep that for them. I have to be in the world professing my testimony, doing what I do, sharing my my inspiration and insight, because that's what I'm here to do. So in each various iteration, um, the, 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 the way that I show up in the world uh, proved to be a little bit overwhelming for people who would be my partners. <laughs> and were all of your husband black? No, the last one was white. Really? So you mm-hmm. wiped out the two black ones, so you're like, let me try a white one. And you I know, them. I thought maybe that was it. I didn't know. <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> it was just me, boo-boo. It was just me. I am on fire, and I'm here to serve, and ain't nobody going to get in my way. You're either going to support me and move with me, or you're going to have to step aside. Do you have, do you have children? I do. Phenomenal children. I have a a 23-year-old son who has a computer science degree. He graduated in June in the pandemic. I have a 22-year-old daughter who is about to graduate from Harvard in economics. And I have a 13-year-old daughter who is a, uh, a, a polymath and plays eight instruments and sings with perfect pitch as a composer and an, and an engineer. 
Amazing. And so you have children by all three husbands? No, I didn't make one with the white man. Oh, but no. <laughs> so let me I'm ask. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> so, did, so you're into um, understanding microaggression. Were you microaggressive with these men? <laughs> I would say that our, you know, if, if I got aggressive, I was aggressive, aggressive. I'm not subtle. There's nothing subtle about me. Right. Um, so I'm the kind of person who will speak their mind. The nature of microaggression. So I, I study organizational development and my, 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 this is, that was, that's my fourth book that I've written. My books have been on issues of bias, diversity, equity, and inclusion and justice, right? Yeah. So microaggressions are the manifestation of our own biases, whether conscious or unconscious. So I would say that, yes, I, I, the, my microaggressions in the direction of my husband's would have been made manifest from my buying into some of the narratives about the expectations of what a husband is supposed to be. So I think that I overlaid my assumptions, my stereotypes and what I expected, uh, rather than allowing those people to be who they are and create agreements that worked for us. Amazing. So I would say that, yes, I made assumptions and that didn't work out. Are you a Christian? Uh, yeah, I was raised Roman Catholic, but I would say I'm just kind of generally spiritual. But yes, Jesus Christ is, is, my, is my man. How do you deal with the order of God, God and Christ, Christ over man, man over woman and woman over children? Men, women who are married, their husband is their head. How do you deal with that as a Christian? So at the time that I was married, I was very strongly Christian identified. And that turned out to be one of the problems because the any if you if, whenever you ascribe yourself to or subscribe to any particular uh, philosophy, theory, worldview, there is an expectation that you actually embrace that. So it was my assumption that my partners also embraced that. That's what they told me. But if you're not actually stepping into the place and living into that and sort of occupying that life, then you, if you leave a void, then it, things fall out of order. So for me, the Christian model of marriage did not work because my husbands were not falling into that particular, they, they, were, they, they thought that they were into it in that way, but it did not make manifest, at which point it pushed me higher into the order because my relationship with God was closer than theirs. So you've got to have that alignment in order for that to work. I have said to men for a long time now that, if they want to get married and start a family, they should not marry an educated woman because an educated woman uh, act like a man. She thinks she is a man and she doesn't want to be home, be the wife and the mother to his children. It sounds like that you didn't want to be a wife and a mother. You want to go out and work and act like a man. No, so you would, would have not have made for a good wife. No, I completely disagree with you. I stopped my I stopped my first degree one semester shy of graduating to get married and have children. I chose to stay at home and grow a garden and 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 uh, I attachment parented my children. I made organic food. I was a nursing mother. I was a stay-at-home mother. My, it was my plan to homeschool. So I made the commitment to be the stay-at-home parent, and joyfully so. Those were some of the best years of my life. My first marriage ended with uh, domestic violence was the problem there. Oh, I'm you not beat him up. 
Excuse me? You beat up your husband. <laughs> no, no, I probably should have, but I'm not a violent person. So I'm not going to stand around and allow someone to abuse me psychologically or physically. God did not have that in God's plan for humanity. So that's that. So when I, when I was home raising my children, it was my, I didn't start my, I started my company after I left him because he was, he was the, you know, he was the breadwinner and I was, you know, that sh- I would have loved for that to have lasted forever, but it was unsafe for me and my children. And I had to learn, had to figure out how to take care of my children. So my company started because I needed to feed myself and my children. And I wanted to be the kind of mother that I wanted to be. I didn't want to sacrifice being at their games, you know, baking cakes for them and and being the mother that I was. And no company was going to let me kind of, you know, work, work when they were with me, work when they were with him and be at home when they were with me. So I created my own company so that I could be the mother that I wanted to be, because that's always been my number one job. And, and my did, very you, best. did you try that with all three husbands and it didn't work? Yeah. So the second husband is still my best friend. My youngest child is from my second husband. We are, we are still very, very close. Um, and with him, it, you know, with everybody is not compatible in that way. We came together to make that third child. She is an absolute blessing to the world and to us. And we're a blessing to each other. But we were better off as friends than we were as, as spouses. For sure. Oh, okay. You also, you also are, a, uh, you are a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader. Can you explain to me what is that and how does that work? Yeah, so that means that, again, my focus, my, my learning laboratory is the workplace. So I roll into organizations and I ensure that black people, that people of color, that women, that gender minorities, that sexual minorities, that people with disabilities are being treated respectfully and appropriately and fairly within the context of the workplace. Protected categories are protected for a reason. And a lot of people are, you know, when people are actually keen on hiring folks from these demographics, because that's the first hurdle, a lot of organizations don't have any of these folks represented. If they actually do hire folks from, from underrepresented demographics, um, they'll, they'll, a lot of people will hire and then tokenize, hire and then tell them to go sit down and shut up. We got you for the picture on the annual report. We got you for the picture on the website. Now don't contribute. And those microaggressions are not at all insignificant. Like people are, are, are you know, making stereotypes and talking about how people talk, how people dress, making, you know, making racial implications and comments, things that are inappropriate in the world, much less the workplace. So my job is to go in and I quantify, like I do metrics and my company is the only company that can actually quantify diversity, equity, and inclusion. And and then create a metrics-based um, accountability system for making sure that we close the gap because black people and companies all across this country and all around the world are often having a very different experience from white people and companies. And even if you just look at the organizational chart, you often have the most diversity at the bottom of the pyramid and the higher up you go, the more white and the more male the organization becomes. That's not always happening on purpose, but that fact limits the ability of black men and women and Hispanic men and women and queer men and women to have the opportunity to be successful, to thrive, to feed their families and to live into their best lives. So my job is to knock down those barriers and make sure that people are having an equitable experience. Amazing. I um, I know truckloads of businessmen and women, but mostly men around the country that 
they don't want to hire black people. Foreigners who have come here as well, they don't like hiring black people because the blacks are so much trouble. They are always complaining. They show up late. They think that everything is racism. Anytime you have to correct them. And so a lot of companies don't like hiring the blacks. And when they, when they get, they also are concerned that when they let them go, they're going to be sued for being called racist, right? Because the blacks think everything is racist. And so they are trying to avoid hiring black people. So if you don't correct the blacks, why would anybody want to be bothered with them? So ascribing those particular uh, attributes to black people only is super problematic because you get people of all races in organizations who complain, who show up late, who don't do their job, who sue you when you mistreat them. So those are not characteristics of black people. But it's, what most, you're, it's, what you're, it's well and alive in the black folks, though. Well, it is well and alive in all folks. That yeah. is well and alive in all folks. Listen, I'm an organizational development specialist. I have a doctorate of management in organizational development. I'm in organizations all over the world. And I can tell you that statistically speaking, all over the world, those are management issues that show up in all races, in all genders, and in all sexual orientations. They show up across the board. And what you're describing is... You're, what you're describing is the conscious bias of ostensibly white people you're talking about who don't know how to communicate with, lead, manage, or interact with black people across differences and inspire the kind of behavior that they're looking for. You've got to actually create a culture of intention and decide how you want people to feel and experience their day-to-day -day work life. And if you can't create that sense of belonging, that sense of engagement, that sense of inspiration, then you are every bit as much culpable for how people are showing up in the workplace. But why not train the blacks how to act rather than put What you're saying right now is illegal. Rather, that's than illegal. Putting, rather than putting the responsibility on the owner of the company. No, that's what you just said is illegal. Why is that? You cannot train the blacks. Why not? That's not, you have, if you are offering training, you have to train everyone. You can't make assignments by race like that. There are, that there are, there, there are laws that protect against isolating groups for, for purposes like that. You can't do, that's like, you can't just hire people. You can't hire people because of their race, because of their gender. Well, no, I'm not talking about the company training them. Why don't mm -hmm. you, your job, want to switch your role rather than putting that responsibility on the companies? Why not train the blacks how to work? how to act at work that is that is an absurd notion oh it's, why it's hard to train them no that is like because that's not that that is <laughs> so we offer leadership and management training for people regardless of race i don't like if, if somebody if, if we go into a company and we have problems with leadership and management and we've got folks who need that things that need to be addressed we address them but that is never ever done along racial lines, along gender lines, along lines of sexual orientation. What you're talking about is a very illegal practice. Amazing. Um, you also, you are the CEO of TMI. What is TMI? TMI Consulting. It is a consulting firm. Oh, that's what, and that's what you do. You go around and help the bosses, this owner with these people. How to treat these yeah, people. I, 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 oh, I got I, you. Yes, I make sure that employees are being treated with respect 
and that and that institutions are mind of their institutional bias and their discriminatory practices. Do you uh, do you work with private businesses too, or just governmental businesses? I work across all industries and all sectors all over the world. The only place I haven't worked is Antarctica. <laughs> they don't, I can't find no I can't find no racist penguins, but I'm sure you might know some. <laughs> Why would uh, a private business allow a person like you to come in and tell them what to do and how to treat their employees? Because, I would never let that happen. Because what I do makes organizations millions and millions of dollars. When you optimize your organization for equitable behavior and equitable practices, you become more profitable, you become more impactful, you become more relevant, and you become more of an ingrained part of the community that people want and need. You become a destination employer where everyone actually wants to work and you don't have people quitting and getting fired because they're terrible. Like, because an, an organization is an organism. It is something that is alive. And if you, if you treat it with respect and you create a welcoming space, then that organism is healthy. And when it's healthy, anything is possible. You also be become a weak company because now the boss, the owner, the manager, the supervisor has a tiptoe around the homosexuals, around the blacks, around the, uh, the women. Instead of being tough and being themselves, now they have to tiptoe around employees. And so, so, the, so the inmates end up running the insane asylum. So you're tiptoeing. So you're, you're, you just mentioned several protected categories. So if the, if the owners were interested in running roughshod over protected categories, then they need to go to jail. Amazing. So you say that women are strong. If women are strong, why do they need laws and why do they need someone to protect, protect them? Men don't need that. Only the weak aspect of society need that. The women, the homosexuals, the lesbians, and the blacks. Only the weak people need to be protected like a species, right? If they were strong, why do they need to be protected? Nobody needs to protect me. You actually do. We have Department of Labor laws to protect you. We no. have employment laws. We have, we, there are far more but, Department of Labor laws, human resource laws. There are all kinds of laws that protect you. There are far fewer laws that protect the people who historically have been treated badly by those in power. There's so much more, and there's like, I don't know if you own your, if you own your business or not, but there's more laws to protect your company, to protect your money, to protect your interests, to protect your home, to protect your car. We've got more in place to protect the strong than we ever, ever had to protect well what that's you because you own the company strong people own company weak people destroy them but if women are strong why do they need someone to protect them a law or something everyone like that everyone needs to be protected because everyone is human human beings are fragile human beings are fallible human beings are are um they are all capable of being in a place where they need support you tomorrow morning tomorrow morning you could wake up paralyzed from the waist down and instantly be part of a class that if we didn't have protected protections for people with disabilities that your life would be would be even harder than it would be if you woke up disabled and that would be through no fault of your own 
that what that what you would consider a weakness. I consider a disability a strength because what it takes to live in a society that doesn't privilege the disabled is extraordinary power. But you're saying that you believe that people who have who are marginalized by society are weak. I don't agree with you. But all, all I ever hear complaining about weakness are women and now lesbians and homosexuals. If women are strong, why are they always complaining? I'm trying to get an answer. You don't, hear men, you don't hear men complaining, but you always hear women complaining. But yet they're supposed to be strong. I, I don't hear get, the, the president I, of the United States been complaining for four years. Those people that stormed the Capitol stormed the Capitol because they were complaining about what was going on in their country. Everybody complains when they are unhappy. That is not that, that that's not owned by any one group of people. But I don't hear the president complaining. The president is dealing with evil. But what well, I want to know, you have not answered for me yet. Sure. W- women are always complaining, but yet they say they're strong. You don't I hear don't, that I, from men. I don't Most hear women men, complaining any more than men. No, I hear it all the time. They want to laugh at this. He abusive. He did this and he did so that. Wait, wait, and wait, we wait, need wait, a wait. Law. You said he's abusive? And you, you would like you, be, you, th- you believe that a woman should sit quietly while she's being abused by any other person, man or woman or otherwise. No, that, I believe- that complaint, that complaint, you would like to register as an illegitimate complaint. I believe because someone that women, is being abused. I believe that women should admit how women are more abusive than men are ten times. No, statistically speaking, absolutely not. Statistically lie. Go look at the roles. But they lie on those. That's because women are uh, complaining about men, so they report it, right? So what I'm encouraging men to do now is when women are abusive, call the cops immediately, have them arrested, and throw away the key. And then society— Anyone who is committing abuse to another human being should be held accountable. I completely agree with you on that front. And everything If the the men were to call the cops, the jails would be overflowing with women. Uh, but I thought that you said that the men are inherently stronger but, and that they're and that the women are so incredibly weak. So how are all of these terribly weak women overpowering these super strong men? Because the men are afraid of the law. They're afraid to go to jail. And oh, so they allow these women so to they allow these women. They allow these women to do from? it. Where's this fear coming from? So from this I'm telling them to reverse the law. And so when the, when the woman is like that, call the cop, put him you in jail. You can't have it both ways, boo-boo. Yes, you, you can't can. have it both ways. You can't say that they are so incredibly strong and infallible, and then that they're too scared to call the police because someone's hurting them. If somebody is hurting well, the man, they are not afraid. They the feel sorry for the woman. They make, they'll say, oh, I hate to put her in jail. Oh, the kids need the mother, right? I'm saying, that, uh-uh, put that woman that, in prison. That is interesting because that does not track with your depiction of the stronger um, gender. So should differences between people be celebrated separately because they're different? People should be celebrated because they're people. Our species is incredible and its diversity is precisely why it's incredible. The differences between people are extraordinary. When you travel around the world and you see all of the different food, all of the different architecture, the accomplishments, the things that the human species has done and the various ways that we express ourselves are sacred. If you profess to be a Christian, then you understand that, that uh, it is our differences 
that over time have made us so incredibly extraordinary. And those are things that would be set that have been celebrated by Christ that are celebrated by God because God created those differences and they're gorgeous. Absolutely. We should celebrate people because we are people, because we are all God's glorious and beautiful children in our perfection, in our imperfection, in our failures, in our strengths. That is part of the human condition and it's sacred and it's gorgeous. But all people are not children of God. Only those who have returned to the fathers are children of God. The rest of them are children of Satan. And so in the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, weakness was not celebrated. But the Christian will show the weak how to overcome weakness by returning to the Father because weakness is not good for anyone. Weakness is part of the human condition. But not from God. It's from Satan. Only it's not good to be weak. Why did, people, Christ, why did Christ allow himself to be captured, beaten, crucified? Because he, that was a show of weakness. And be, that was a show of weakness. That was a show of weakness for the rest of us to know that no matter what happens in our lives, that we can endure. And even to the point of death, that in Christ, we will be rejoined with God. That was weakness to allow yourself to be captured, to allow someone to put a crown of thorns on your head and beat it into your skull, to allow yourself to be flogged and cut and spat upon, disrobed. Legs broken with a sword slammed into your side and then crucified and died. That is not like the strong man of the species. Like if it was if strength was paramount and that defined humanity, then our Lord and Savior would never have submitted to the abuse of man. Uh, Christ had a primary purpose and his purpose was to come and defeat Satan because at that time, Satan had control of the people and the people were weak and subject to evil. And so Christ came to defeat Satan and he did that. So he had to go through that. He had a purpose and his purpose was to defeat Satan so that the weak, so that the weak can be sure. made strong. Is, is and that's Christ what, God? Hold on one minute. That's what his purpose was. Understood. So God sent his son in right. order to make a way so those can who are so they can overcome weakness by returning to the father beautiful is christ god no he's the son of god so christ is the son of god is christ powerful at all or is christ the weak son of god he is the powerful son of god because the father works in him so he's the powerful son of god the father works in him and the father god could have chosen any way imaginable to defeat Satan, if if power and strength and eliminating any vestige of human weakness were the ideal outcome and goal, if God was trying to teach us a lesson that you must be strong and only strong and never cry, he cried tears of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? If we were never supposed to show any weakness, then God could have sent his powerful son, worked through his powerful son, and defeated <laughs> Satan and all of the demons with a show, a display of strength unbeknownst to man. That could have happened. But you know what God chose? God chose to defeat Satan through the weakness of man. 
And that is a very different lesson. God could have showed us that strength was paramount and that that was the only acceptable way through life. I if don't quite know. I don't do, quite that's know. That's not what God wanted to do. No, uh, you got it all wrong. I know it may sound sure. good when you say that, but it's all wrong. Christ was strong because the Father in him was strong. So when when you overcome Satan, the children of the lie overcome the devil, Satan, right? And return to the father. They got to overcome the mother because the mother is weak. And all those who are born through the mother are dying. But those who return to the father are living. And so the weak become strong by returning to the father. So and I, that's what I the can, purpose of Christ was. Sure. So, so, so there's something. So you're saying then that that weakness was purposeful. I have met known, loved, and, and worked with, at this point, probably millions of people and impacted millions of people around the world. And what I know to be a fact of the human condition is that it is not in our moments of strength and in our moments of ease when things are comfortable and wonderful and shiny and full of rainbows. That is not when we learn and grow. And people often do not find themselves leaning on and turning to God in their moments of strength, in their moments of power. It is in the moments of human weakness. It is when people, it's when people are confronted with the satanic energy. It's when people are confronted with the darkness and the reality sometimes of their worst choices that God speaks to them and says, hey, boo-boo, do you need me now? <laughs> it is through the moments of people's uh, worst weakness and their worst choices that they turn to God. But you don't truly God. believe that, though, because if you believe that, you wouldn't go to a business and try to tell the owner of a business to tiptoe around its employees. Hey, you honey, would tell the employees, you would tell the employees that they need to be right, do right, you're, you're or they're going to get fired. You're telling me. If you truly me, believe, because you're, you're right. Me, you're right okay, about listen. in our weakness is when God make us strong and we know how to endure. But if you truly believe that, you would tell the, the blacks and the homosexuals and the women that y'all got to act right, do the right thing on the job, be on time, stop complaining, do your work. You wouldn't tell the boss to tiptoe around the week. I tell everybody who I encounter, including you, that you need <laughs> to act right all the time. Do you and say that to the blacks too? You're telling me, I don't discriminate the way that you do, clearly. What I do you see mean? people, listen, no, no, no. You're, you're telling me how I should show up in a workplace. Yeah. I have never, I've been in business for 17 years, and I have never knocked on a business's door and solicited their business. People come to me, and they ask me for my help. Well, that's because the white people me, are afraid of the blacks now. They're afraid because they're trying to figure out, Lord, I got to hide these blacks. I've been doing I've been doing this for 25 years. They're like, Lord, I got to hide these blacks, and I don't know when, how to deal with them. When, so I'm gonna bring white somebody. people get scared of black people? For the last 70 years, they're afraid of being called racist. They're afraid I, of I, being sued. They're not I'm, afraid I'm not of, of the black person per se, but mm -hmm. they're afraid of being sued or called racist. But I want to ask you, why would they be afraid of doing being sued if they weren't doing anything wrong? But they're not. The black person just have to say it, and then the the courts or whatever assume and, that the, and white. the courts are biased in favor of black people. What what yes. state do you live in? Yes, they are. What state do you live in? California. You, yes. 
Yeah, the the courts, okay, the courts, statistically and objectively speaking, are not biased in favor of black people. If white people are That's scared of That's not true. That is Believe absolutely me, I true. heard of tons of, I know no, businessmen, no, I, I told you earlier, I it's told about you, looking at the data. I told it's you earlier that a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses don't want to hire blacks because in California, because New York, racist. and other states, <laughs> they're afraid of being sued. Because they're racist. So let me ask, before we talk about your brand new book, you also wrote a book called Overcoming Bias. Mm-hmm. And um, is it ever okay to be biased? Everyone is always biased. That's it, part of the human condition. Is it okay to be that way? It just depends on what it is. I prefer chocolate ice cream over vanilla ice cream, and it doesn't matter. But if I say I prefer chocolate people over vanilla people, and I'm running a company and I'm only hiring vanilla people, then yes, that's a problem. So is it okay to be biased? It's human to be biased. And so it's normal? It's normal, yes. Right. Um, is it okay to discriminate? No. you should. I mean, not against people, no, you shouldn't discriminate against people. Do you ever just particularly what? Particularly, uh, is illegal to discriminate against people uh, in protected categories. Do you ever discriminate? Everyone discriminates. How about you? Yes, of course. And so, if it's not good to do that, why do you do it? I don't do it on purpose, and I check you myself. You discriminate accidentally, huh? You discriminate yeah. accidentally. That's what unconscious bias is. But it's a God-given right to discriminate. It's not something you made of yourself. No, it's not. But I, but I, try, I work every day to overcome it because these are not things. I can't wave a magic wand. And I tell the disclaimer for, my, for that book is you read this book, you're not going to be free of all your bias. If you are a responsible human being with a good and loving heart, whether that's a Christian heart, a Muslim heart, a Jewish heart, or an atheist heart, if you are, have a good and loving heart and you care about the well-being of human beings, then you will take the work upon yourself to try to purge your biases. And every time you purge one, a new one going to pop up behind it because it's called being human, but you'll work to purge your biases and you will work to hold yourself accountable. And when you catch yourself discriminating, you'll back up You'll acknowledge it and you'll apologize to the person in front of you who you may have caused harm. That's Amazing. how I roll. Do you you love white people? I love all people. How about white people? All people. Do you love yes. white people? White people, black people, Asian people, Jewish people, Christians, do, atheists, agnostics, gnostics, all of the people. I do, love them all. Do you love white people? Yes, all people. Do you love white people? I love all people. But yes. I'm not asking about all people, just white. Sure, sure. Um, but I don't, I don't love white people exclusive of other people. Uh, Joe Biden said he want to put blacks, Native American, I think that's the Indians, Latinos and women first. Is that bias against white men uh, to do that? No, what he is doing is he is trying to create balance and equity. Is that bias against white men to do that? No, white men have the, the automatic advantage, the automatic unearned advantage. Is that inclusive of white men? White men, let's, let's go through the government, let's go through the entire United States government across all 50 states and count the number of white people and white men and then tell me whether or not that's exclusive of white men. So you Who think predominates that, the roles in the United States government, in the federal government, and all 50 states? 
white people are not being discriminated against in government jobs. So you think that it's okay to skip over the white men and put all these other folks in front of them? I think that white men have ample opportunity to be successful in every aspect of American life and work. I mean, you're right in that white People, especially white men, are more aggressive. They tend to go after they, what they want. They build. They don't blame others for their downfall, for their weakness. I they tend to conquer that. their weakness and overcome. So white, because if you notice, no, what, they, you're, if you you're notice, if you notice old, the black, you're ascribing a lot of virtuous values to white men, but and and in many cases, those things can very well be true. But our entire economic and societal structure has been created and formed and supported in a way that makes it easy for white men to enjoy those advantages. They're not like inherent. White men don't have a special magical license on 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 power and strength and on the ability to overcome. They absolutely do complain. Hello, everyone complains. That's part of being human. So but, there's the the, 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 the water that white men are swimming in favors them so those things are easier but the reason it's not for the natural, that, that's not something inherent but the reason for that is because as you know white men discover found and discovered the greatest country in the world america right and so they made it they, they, they went discovered through, it it wasn't they, here before white men got here no and they they've <laughs> created the greatest country on this side of heaven right and so naturally naturally they created they are, it? yeah there so, was nothing here before white men got here? When the Indian was here, but they were smoking pot and doing nothing with the land. It they was were just, protecting the they land. Were out they killing were preserving animals. the land. They, no, they were killing animals and smoking pot. But let me ask. So, wait, are you a vegan? Uh, no, I love animal meat. So, they were killing animals and they But they weren't they were making them. it great. They were just out here running around being crazy. Oh, but that's, me, uh, that's, some real, that's some real disrespectful stuff that you just said. <laughs> Every every indigenous person on every continent begs to differ that they were there and that they were stewards of the land. They were much better that stewards just of the land. That's pretty. That's not reality. But you let me what? ask that sound pretty. They were stewards of the land. That, that wasn't reality. We ain't had no environmental crisis when the Native Americans were in charge. Amazing. We have they didn't do anything. They we didn't have do destroyed anything. the lands, huh? They didn't do it. So if if they were so smart. Why there are parts of the country that the white man has given over to the Indian? Y'all can have it. Go build casinos, and all they're doing now is making money, and getting high, and doing dope, and and killing if one I another. If I stick you out in the barren desert, kill all of the animal livestock that you that you sustained on, and don't give you any support and resources, and take everything away from you. That's not an opportunity to succeed. I give you a sandbox and I say, why did you not build a mansion out of this sandbox? And why didn't why they? Did? If they were so smart, why wouldn't they take a sandbox and build a mountain out of it? Oh, God. That's it's what smart about, people do. Look at the it's white folks. It's not about intelligence. Look at the it's white people. They take a sandbox and build a mountain out of it. And then they let the blacks and the Indians <laughs> and the homosexuals come in and they destroy the mountain. Are you? comedian you are so funny you are just <laughs> killing me this is the this is so funny oh my but god I, i'm <laughs> telling the truth if what you, if you notice the white people give up their communities to the blacks and the indians and others and beautiful communities wait 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 wait, wait. 
what white people gave up their if the land belonged to the indigenous people white people didn't give up anything they stole no. all of the land not true. Out from underneath not true that my brother come on now i don't think i can call you it, my brother it's totally not true <laughs> huh that's not true about they stole the land. That's a that's a myth that been made up to divide. But I got to because of time. I got to ask you this. So you're okay with uh, bias against white people, especially white men, and you're okay with you not including white men. You said that. Like no, Joe you can, Biden you can wanna, rewind that. Joe you Biden, can rewind that. That is not what I said. No, That's what you are said. Are you okay with that? Because Joe Biden wanted to do the homosexuals, the Indians. And the blacks and the Latinos and exclusive white Joe people. Biden Are you not, okay with that? I am okay with Joe Biden creating opportunities for people who have not been previously given opportunities within the federal government, within the United States government. It is definitely time for more representation across our government. Amazing. All they're going to do is. Have, we should have representation across our government that looks like our nation. Yes, I agree with that. Amazing. And since the folks can't earn it, you have to give it to them, then, right? Pass a law and Every give it to them. Every single person who's being nominated is more than qualified. Not really. If they were, they would build their more own. Than they wouldn't qualified. treat the whites that way. But I got to ask I believe Joe Biden said he's going to give the blacks the Chinese shot for the Chinese virus. They're going to give it to the blacks first. Are you okay with that? I don't have any. I've never heard this. This is this is this is something that this is something that I hear you saying, but I have not heard anything like that. <laughs> it's been said. I'm not sure if Joe Biden said, but I've been hearing a lot of talk. They want yeah. to give the vaccine to the blacks first. If that's true, are you okay with that? I would I would have to research that because that doesn't that that I I don't know that that has ever been said. So I can't. Speak but on if that. it's true, that you're right. Let's. I can't speak on that because you've said so many incredibly well, they, absurd things today that they, I can't comment on something that I don't know. Should about. they give the blast the Chinese virus shot first? I am not a medical doctor, and I'm not going to speak on something that I'm not an expert in. I'm an would, expert on bias. Would you want to take this Chinese virus shot first? I, I, I will if 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 a if an approved vaccination is available, I would hope that every American would have the opportunity to take a vaccination. But would you want to take it first? No, I don't need to take it first. I'll blame you. I, I wouldn't want to take, take that mess first I think either. that the people who need to take it first are who, who are the people who are in the highest risk categories. You know who the, should take it first? The elderly should the, take it. No, first. the people, the experts. The medical doctors who are recommending it, the one who make it, they all should take it first. And then if they don't die, then we'll give it to other folks. <laughs> you try to, to make sure it doesn't have no nanobots in it, that it ain't going to kill you. That's, That's right. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> give me, and I think you've already done it, but just to be clear, give me an example of a sort of act of exclusion. Uh, reaching out and touching, sticking your hands up in a black person's afro. I wouldn't take that risk. They had too nappy. <laughs> Their hair. Are you not black? Right, but I don't have an afro. I have an Amerifro. <laughs> <laughs> you are a silly Negro is what you are. That's what you are. You are so silly. 
And I'm not African either. I am 100. I'm not an African-American. I'm 100% American. Have you taken your DNA? No, I don't believe in all that mess. Think, I think, boo-boo, I think I'm you're just a little bit I'm saving my money. I'm not, I don't believe all that mess. I think you're a little bit alien. I think there's a little bit of you that came from outer space. I'm talking, I'm thinking somewhere between like 18 <laughs> and 23%. You came from another planet for sure. Um, <laughs> I'd be willing to bet on it. I would lose real money on that. I want to ask you this, and then I got to put you on the hot seat. Is it microaggression for me, a black man, to speak um, Spanish like, hola, mama yes. mia, yeah. luscious? Uh-huh. How is that microaggression? Because you're making fun of people who speak Spanish or speak with, with Spanish accents. No, it's fun. Hola. Yeah, but... But it's insulting if you're a person who is who is of Spanish speaking of who who speaks Spanish as a first language. Really? Why? The Spanish people love to hear me speak Spanish. Right. Well, if you're speaking actual Spanish, that's fine. But but what what you just did sounded like a comedy routine, like you were making fun. And when you make fun of people for who they are, that is unkind. That is not something Christ would do. Christ would never. Christ would never mock a person's accent. My gardener is uh, Mexican. And so when I see him, I go, hola, gracias. That is very unkind. He laugh about it, though. It's no big deal. Yes, because you have the power. You pay him, and he's not going to insult you. He will take your insults, but he will not insult you. It's uh, unkind. Good. And as a Christian man, good for as him, a Christian God. man and someone who t- advises in this space, I would advise you to stop doing that. It's unkind. Really? Yes. If, is it microaggression if a white woman call a black man articulate? Yes. Why? Because, uh, so, so I, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, right? I do public speaking for a living, among other things. So when a white person says, oh, my gosh, I loved your talk. You were so articulate. It's a compliment. It's not about your intent. They were actually saying something kind. They're saying you speak well. The problem is if a white man who is also the CEO of one or more companies gets up and talks, articulate is not a, a word they're going to use for him because they're going to assume that he already knows how to speak. Calling a black person articulate uh, exposes your own unconscious bias that you expect black people (laughs) to be less than, that you expect black people to speak in in a way that is not what you just heard. And you're like, wow, that black person can speak English properly. That's insulting. I have a black employee, Joel, he black. He speak like a white person. That's yeah, that's a thing. And you speak white too. I've I've heard that my entire life. And so you don't mind when they say you're very articulate? No, I what what I I will let them know that I will thank them. Thank you very much. And I will and I I like to use teachable moments and I'll just say you might not want to say that to any other black people because the assumption is that you thought that I was not capable of speaking. I'm a professional speaker with an MBA and a doctorate degree. I, I own a company and have owned many. Of course I know how to talk. I'm a writer. I'm a public speaker. So telling me that I know how to talk is not a compliment. It's an insult. But when I hear you, I'm like, wow, she sounds very white. Oh, oh, I, I thank you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, if you want me to code switch, brother, I'm right here with you, and we can go there. See that? That's all good. Now you're at home. You're home. I, <laughs> I have a white employee, Chris. He is so white. 
and proper, and he speaks white, so white it stands out. And so we we enjoy hearing proper English. He and, and he enunciates his syllables. He and puts he, emphasis on the syllables. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. So I gotta ask, how will black people truly heal? And my question is, should black people receive special treatment in any way, shape, or form? All people should be given the opportunity to heal. About, Anybody who is wounded needs to be given the chance to heal. How about blacks, though? Should they be receive special treatment? Black people should be given the opportunity to heal, yes. But should they receive... I don't understand. So I think, that, I think that being given the opportunity to heal is special treatment, regardless of your demographic. But, it's not about doing it by race. But when I hear black people begging for special treatment, like affirmative action, reparation, they want to get into the white universities without earning their way, they want to lower the standard and all that, it sounds black like people, they're black not... Black people would like to not be discriminated against and not be injured because of who they are. I think that's fair. But black it sounds like saying, they are not Please capable. don't kill us. Please don't kill us. Please don't abuse us. No, Please no, no. don't insult us. Please don't take rob us of opportunities. Please don't discriminate against us. These are legitimate requests. Absolutely. But they sound like what black people are saying when they're doing uh, complaining like that. They're saying, Mr. White Man, you are superior to us. We can't do it of ourselves, so please give us affirmative action. Lower the SAT score. Give us reparation because we are not capable of creating it and doing it ourselves. Please give it to us. So the people who have their hands on the levers of power have to take an active and proactive role in restoring balance and equity. That is just a fact of the matter. So whether 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 people in power obtained their power legitimately, fairly, honestly, or authentically, it doesn't matter. If they currently hold the power, if they sit in the positions of power, then in order for people to have equitable, fair, wholesome, healthy, Christian and, you know, whatever, whatever the experiences are that describe treating your fellow human with kindness, love and respect and fairness, which Christ would have absolutely advocated for, then yes, whoever sits in the seat of power at that moment must take an active role in creating that balance. That the, the people who are incarcerated right now cannot, cannot grab the keys open up their own cells and remove themselves from that place. There has to be a cooperative effort. Amazing. And there are there and black people are not asking for something extraordinary, something unfair. They beg for everything. Huh? They beg for everything. They don't earn for justice. And they yes. earn nothing. Yes, black people would like to have justice. But they need to earn kindness. it. And fairness. They need to earn it. It has it has already been earned, is being earned, and will be earned in the future. Let me ask you this. That, Oprah, that debt has been paid, my friend. Oprah Winfrey said that in order for racism to end, white old people just have to die. Was she being microaggression when she did that? Racism is is so incredibly effective and pernicious. That even if white people, old people died, we we have created institutional structures and systems that continue to replicate the same effects over time. And so uh, anybody, whatever, whoever's in power, was can she die. being it's, microaggression when she said that? I mean, 
uh, saying that anybody needs to die is aggressive aggressive. Was she being microaggressive? I don't think that's micro. I think that's just aggressive. And was that wrong for her to do that? I am. I don't. I don't judge people's wrongness and rightness, my friend. Oh, you don't know. You can't tell right from wrong when you hear to no, see it. No, that's not. It's not judge. Ju, judge not, lest ye be judged. That is not my place. That is God's place. So you don't that is know. Not my place. You don't know if you're right or wrong for saying that. It is not my place to judge the actions of another human being, lest I be judged for mine. And I only want God judging me. I don't need but you judging me. But that's not judging. That's discernment. Judges is when you hate. Uh, discernment is when you see injustice, but don't hate what you see. Okay, sure. So but I'm, not, I'm not here. I'm not here to, I don't have context. I'm not going to take something like that out of context. I'm, I, I am willing to concede that, you know, hoping for, wishing for, or calling out the death of another person is unkind. Now yeah, I'm not okay with unkind. That's evil. So I got to ask. Gonna, but, and that's not going to solve any problems. Right. I got to ask. Um, I noticed that black people see white people as superior. They always no, say that. I don't that. notice that. No, they I always say I, white supremacists. White. No, it's, so, it's the delusion of white supremacy. It's not the white supremacy. It's not the white people saying that they're that way, but black people always say and believe that white people are superior to them. Yeah, Why I don't is that? Believe that. I don't believe that. I, I always say the delusion of white supremacy because that's but, a program. But why do blacks say that? I have no idea. But you do notice that they say it, right? I notice that all people say it. I hear, I see a lot of white people saying that too. I, I don't know, say but it. you notice black people say it all the time. White supremacy. I notice, I notice people using that expression all Why the time. Why do blacks believe that white people are I superior? Can't speak, I can't speak for all black people. But I can you're only the speak expert. Huh? I'm not an expert on all black people. I'm an expert on organizational development, boo. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you thought you was interviewing the expert of all black people, I'm so sorry we just wasted so much time. <laughs> um, do you believe that America is the greatest country on this side of heaven? Uh, I mean, America is a great country. America is America is wonderful. Yeah, is this like, the greatest like country. country on this side of heaven? I I don't like I don't like superlatives like that. That's that's a lot. So you can't tell if America is the greatest country on this side of heaven. At this moment, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit up in the air, isn't it? I don't know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a little bit up in the air. In what so way? No, I'm not I'm not the, I'm not the judge of what is the greatest country in the world. I'm very proud to be an American. And then it has to be the greatest country in the world because everybody and their mama trying to come here, and if their I mean, country I've been all over the world, and I've if been, their uh, company country would not asshole countries, they wouldn't be trying to come here. you do stand-up comedy i don't you gotta do stand-up man man you be, i hope you are oh if you are not a multi-millionaire right now you need to do stand-up comedy because you have missed your calling you are so good thank you you are a funny funny man thank you do you love president trump oh uh what do you love president trump the great love, white hope i love all human beings how about president trump I love all human beings. I'm asking all about one person. Do you love? I don't. The, I don't know him. Do you love the great white hope? I've never met him. I don't know him. So I have a general love for all humanity. So honestly, you, saying um, I can say I have a general love for all humanity, but I don't know him. 
when the uh, fallen Messiah Barack I do not approve of much of what he has done. I'm not I'm not a fan. So you don't like the fact that I'm not a fan of the two party system. I'm not a fan of the way America runs its government. I'm not a fan of biased institutions. These are not things I'm a fan of. So when he brought back jobs, you were not a fan of that. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of justice. I'm a fan of equity. I'm a fan of love. I'm a fan of treating people with respect and treating people with humanity. I'm a fan of people having the opportunity to be successful and feed their families and feed themselves. Do and you, I think that our time is officially up. No, I got to put you on the hot seat Thank real fast. Let's so do the hot much. seat. I got to do the hot seat. Up. Thank you. This has been amazing. I have to go because I've got a 430 and I'm already it, late. It's Mwah. real fast. It's real fast. She ran. The hot She ran. What the? Did she run? Oh, we're overtime. Oh, my producer said we're overtime. She didn't run, quite run. Okay, we'll give her leeway. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. Let me hear from you. Don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, share, and check out our merch. We are the greatest merch on this side of heaven. So I'm told my producer telling me that she was out of time, so she didn't get a chance to do the hot seat. That's too bad. But next time. All right. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Tiffany Jana, Jana for being with me. Thank you, folks. And let me hear from you. Take care. Next time on The Fallen State. How do you see Black Lives Matter, the group itself? They're demons. They defy God. They don't care about God or Jesus. They could care less about even Black lives. They are a direct threat to Black people. So now I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to expose you for who you really are. And when we came and they seen us pouring paint on the murals, they started to come. They were so aggressive. And we tried to tell them, like, wake up. You're being used. But you also got a lot of support, right? So many people just felt like, wow, this is a breath of fresh air. Truth is truth. Say what you have to say. You don't apologize for being white. The devil has a communist agenda against everybody. And when they come here for us, they not be like, okay, you black, you safe. <laughs> what do you think about this idea of white privilege? I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs>watching the fallen state we need your continued support donate to my nonprofit here subscribe and like the videos here and tell everybody and their mama about the show